Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. All right, so I didn't have anything in particular planned. I'm just going to talk to you kind of about the uh, comedy scene type stuff because I've gotten to see you do your set a couple times now. And uh... yeah, I just uh, sorry, I spoke a week. I just uh, had a show last night. I was trying some new stuff in the middle of my set that was like, eh. <laughs> it was like it was okay. Like you know what it is? It's like when you when you start to do like work on new material, sometimes they'll have like a bit <clears throat> and you're like, oh, this is gonna be good like from the inception of like that bit. And then there's some where you're like, I think this is funny. <laughs> like, let's see where it goes. And like I've been working on this fucking dumb genie joke for like a year. Like more than a year, probably. And like sometimes like it gets a laugh, but like I'm trying to essentially say genies are cool with rape, but not making you fall in love with a person, because that's one of their rules, which is psychotic to me. So one, of, they have to, so genies have three rules, right? <laughs> genies have three rules: it's you can't raise the dead, they can't kill someone, and they can't make you fall in love with someone, right? So like theoretically, you'd be like, oh, can I just fuck that person? They're like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like, I'm trying to say that without saying genies are cool with rape, but like, it's, it's kind of, it's been a struggle. <laughs> Just because there's no good way to say that, you know, they're, the genies are cool with uh, non-consensually. Yeah. The whole point of the bit is that's fucked up. Like what are their morals? You know, like that's their morals. Like, they, like but like no one's getting past that part. <laughs> it's just, just kind of, and at that point, it would just be more beneficial if the genie would just make her fall in love with you. And it's it's so much less forceful when you think about it that way. It's so much more. Yeah, it's like you could you could form a bond or something, but that just like no, nah, go ahead, go to town, dude. <laughs> like high fives you on the way. That's like you know, it's just weird to me that like that was a rule, but the other one wasn't. So that joke went over, you know, not so great. And then I, had a, I had some other new stuff that was <coughs> okay, but I just got to work on it. <laughs> well, you're set. I mean, like for for our group, um, some of the more political stuff, because you you know you do kind of talk about some semi-political well, stuff. I mean, yeah, like the TSA and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and like sure. that's that's good for like our group like though that kind of stuff is at least at the the times i've seen you that stuff has hit well but like for average people how to like how do average people take that so because you see me if you t- like i really don't have to realize really the only 
I would say like political joke I kind of even do is that TSA joke. Um, because like I, uh, you know, I, because I'm not, I don't do comedy purely for like libertarians, you know what I'm saying? So like, I still do comedy for like regular people and stuff. Like last night it was a regular show. And so I feel like talking about politics a lot, unless you're really good at it, like, you know, Dave's really good at it. Like, like Robbie's really good at it too, but I'm just okay at it. And like, I, I, I just, I find myself like, I'm not good enough to not divide a room. I think. And I don't want to do that. Like people are there to have a good time. I don't want to be like, and this is what I think about Biden. <laughs> like whatever. People are like, I don't, I don't care, dude. Just talk about your dick. And I'm like, okay. So like, you know, I'll just stick to the stuff that I know that I'm good at. <laughs> I know people will enjoy. I'll just, I'll just do that. The, uh, the TSA joke came out of like real life stories. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh, well, I could talk about being a libertarian too with that. But like, that's kind of, you know, the only real political joke I do. That's cool. So, so do you find that some of the the best comedy material actually comes from real life situations? Oh, I mean, everything you've ever heard me say is either true or a variation of a true story. Like, I don't, I, I find it difficult personally to like make stuff up and lie. Like, and I don't, obviously, embellishing is like what we do. I don't mean that. I mean like. I fucking stupid joke about the deer, you know, like, Oh, I was high and it, well, I don't want to give it away. But like, like that really happened to me. <laughs> like I was fucking too high driving. I was like, Oh, there's deer. I was like, Oh no. <laughs> like, you know, was, like that's happened. Like all this shit's happened to me. And then of course, like the TSA thing, you know, even that story that's happened to me, but I embellish, you know, obviously the, the bulk of that, like me being super, super, super flamboyantly like disruptive. Like I'm not actually, you know, doing that <laughs> right. because I don't want to get fucking thrown in, in, in a fucking Mexican prison overnight. So like, you know, but like, obviously for the joke, it's funny if I fucking play it up like I'm an asshole, but I, I don't know. Like I, I, I've tried like when I was younger doing comedy to try to be like, Oh, so I was at the store the other day and like this, 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 and like, I ah, just disingenuous. And like people, I felt like felt it. And like, no, it didn't. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know? So. I feel like you can always kind of tell it's kind of like the, uh, the, the fake Twitter stories where they, the parents talk about the, <laughs> yeah. their, their kid cried tears of joy because of this gay rights thing that got passed or some dumb shit. Like, no, that didn't happen. Like with, with comedy, you can tell when the story is fake and it's like, yeah, that never happened. Like cool story. And that, that's fun. But, uh, and- and like I know, I know comics that do do that, and they are, and they're good. It just that's not my thing, you know. I'd rather just be like, no, this is this is what happened to me when I was like sixteen. It's crazy. Now you guys know about it. <laughs> or like, hey, this is like, you know, what my wife thinks, or this is, oh, hey, what I think about fucking what I could do. Like, it, it just it's just more genuine. I think the people are like, all right, he's actually talking from his like real life, real experiences, real real stuff, and it's like, oh, okay, it's funny. It's, I feel like it's also funnier that way for the normal person too. Like even as a non comic, like. You, a lot of people just draw their own lives for like funny stories so it's a very relatable thing so what's the uh what's some of the challenges between doing like stand-up where you're solo and doing something like the cult of us where you have other people on there with you and you get to have a little more back and forth like like for doing this sort of thing 
whenever I do like solo episodes, unless I have a pretty good plan and know what I'm going to talk about, I'll I'll get like sidetracked in my head. But if I have somebody else to to have a conversation with, then we can play off of each other and and it can kind of flow. And so like for serious conversations or for funny conversations, I feel like that uh, kind of eases things a little bit. So what are some of the challenges of going solo versus like doing stuff with other people? Well, when you're mentally ill, you know, all the voices are always with you. So it's, it doesn't really matter. You're never really alone. <laughs> uh, like, when, you know, when you're just doing like solo stuff, it's a lot more pressure. Right now, like the porcupine, like, yeah, like I make jokes and like I try to be funny, but like it's not, I don't have to rely on it being a funny episode, right? Because it's not technically a comedy podcast. It's a political podcast that is hosted by a comic who still jokes around about dick stuff and politics, right? So like I could get away with that. But like if I just do like a serious episode one day, no one's gonna be like, well, why didn't you talk about your asshole? <laughs> no one's gonna be like, well, why didn't you say that bump is stupid? It's like no one's gonna be like that. It's like, oh, it's still libertarian stuff. But like if we, if Neil and I do an episode of the Cult of Us and it fucking just bombs the whole way through, it's like oh that's comedy podcast is rough. We gotta, we gotta be better at that. So, but luckily, like with comedy stuff, especially going off a second or third person, it's way easier, in my opinion, than sitting there solo and just trying to be like funny. Like what Tim Dillon does is amazing to me. How he could just like, I mean, I know he has his producer there and he kind of bounces some stuff off of, but like pretty much he's just doing like a solo fucking rant each podcast and it's good and it's funny you know and and i'm like damn dude i i thought you do that for maybe four minutes <laughs> like maybe four minutes i'm like i don't know guys someone someone asked me a question <laughs> like i start to collapse in on myself like a dying star you know <laughs> I'm like i'm like no but uh but then of course like doing solo stuff like you get more like i guess creative freedom I can just do whatever the fuck I want and no and no one's gonna tell me no, like, oh, I don't think we should do that. But that could also hurt me too, right? Like, no, I'm doing this and I have no one to check me. And then it bombs like, fuck, I should have had someone to check me. <laughs> but then, you know, when I'm with Neil doing Cult of Us and even uh, our producer, Jesse, who he's a comic too. So, you know, like we just kind of three comics on the show. And sometimes we'd be like, is this funny? And they'd be like, no. I'm like, okay, good. Thank you for letting me know <laughs> before I went out there into the world and presented this because <laughs> I had someone to bounce it off of me, you know? So pros and cons for everything, really. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> when I first started doing this little show, I did everything. It was all solo, and it was just kind of rant stuff. And like I, I would think in my in my mind, I think I've got like this really good rant, and I'm going to go for a good 20, 20, 30 minutes. Like I'm going to really knock it out, and then like eight minutes later, I'm done, and I'm like, well, shit. Now I got to now I got to figure out what I'm going to talk about for the rest of the time that I was planning to eat to burn for this and uh yeah it it never works out in my brain the way it's supposed to like so how much with the comedy stuff and doing doing stand-up and, and solo shows and stuff like that uh how much time do you spend like practicing or working on uh like kind of honing in the material or maybe working on new material stuff like that like is that a uh yeah um like everyone's different. Like, like Neil's a big, like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta write today. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Fucking nerd. It's, it's like, it's like, he's like dedicated. Like he's not, he's not wrong. I'm just busting his balls, but like he, he, some guys or comics, like they're like every day I'm going to sit down and write like just what's on my brain, try to make something fun. I can't necessarily, I can't really do that. Like if I have a thought I could sit down and I, and, I, and I do do that, right? If I have a thought already of a joke, I'm like, oh, okay. Let me sit down and try to like 
work it out, you know, actually try to like formulate this better. But if I have nothing popping around in my brain, I can't just force myself to. It's very hard for me. I get bored. I just start to be like, oh, I don't know. Oh, like fucking video games, like phones. Like I'll just do, I'll rather do anything else. Cause I'm like, I'm not, I don't feel it. It's like, it's like unjoyous. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, it's like I'm rape. It's like I'm being forced. It's like, it's like a rape writing joke. So it's just like, it's like, it's like against my own will. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, no, I fucking, this sucks. I don't want, but, but it is important. And I think if you have, however your style is, if it strikes you, just write and get it out there and even, and then go try it, which is like where open mics come to play. And there's another argument I've been having with Neil lately is like, listen, I've been doing comedy nine years. He's been doing comedy, I think eight or nine years too. So we've been doing like the same amount of time. And uh, like he lives in Philly. I, I live outside of Philly. There's a lot of open mics in Philly, right? Like a shit ton, like, like seven, like seven a night, <laughs> like seven every other fucking day point is there's a, a a bunch of fucking mics in philly um like so he's like hey i'm going to this mic and i'm like all right cool i'm not gonna drive 40 minutes <laughs> 45 minutes in philly to do an open mic not get paid like take time away from you know the wife the dog like for an open mic like i'm I'm not saying I'm above open mics at all. And like, of course, like, again, I just kind of eat shit in the middle of my set yesterday like with new shit. Right. So, and that was a real show, but like, I'm still good enough and I still have a material where, Oh, if that stuff eats shit, I could just dig myself out of that hole. You know, I'm not a new comic where I'm like, Oh, that's all I have. Sorry. <laughs> like, no, that was, that was a, so like when the, like, like I said, the genie stuff is doing okay. Some other stuff is do some, some other stuff just got like me stares and I'm like, okay, well I'm going to ditch this and just go into, Hey, dear joke that crushes. <laughs> I just tell them, like, thank you. I leave. Cause like, oh, he was, but like, so what I try to do now is, is on shows. I'll try to work in newer stuff in the middle of my set because I have a real audience in front of me and I get a real time feedback of like, Oh, is this bad or not? <laughs> now, Open mics, this is how open mics go. Uh, there's no crowd. The crowd is 14 to 27 other comics who don't give a shit about you. They don't want to hear what you have to say. They don't even want, they don't even look at you. Half of them are outside smoking. Me included. Right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because it's everyone, comedy is also selfish, honestly. And like everyone's like, I care about why I'm sad. I don't care about why you're sad. So I just want to go up. It's, it's like, you know those people you talk to where they ask you a question, but they're really just waiting for you to finish so they can tell you their answer. Like they don't really care. That's what open mics are. It's all it is. It's like the first three comics who go up to open mics, people are listening. And then that's it. That is it. That, and so I'm like, so my argument to me all the time, I was like, I was like, but I'm, I, why would I waste so much fucking time out of my night for free to go hang out with my friends that i'm just gonna see the weekend anyway because we're doing a show you know it's like and like get no real feedback from this because like i could go up to an open mic and tell a material and i would probably bomb because no one's listening to me and and then but so if you're a young comic and you might have a great joke and you go to three open mics with shitty comics you don't give a shit and then that joke that you that would legitimately be funny you might never, ever, ever even try because you're like, oh, well, no one laughed the three times I went. I'm like, yeah, because comics are scumbags. We're the biggest fucking scumbags in the entertainment industry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, 
Like they're all the selfish fucking cunts, everybody, all of them. So it's just like, I don't really benefit a lot. And there are some open mics where they actually get like a real crowd and those are worth doing a hundred percent. It's just, I don't know. I just, I, I'm just having such a sour taste in my mic, in my mouth from open mics from just doing comedy so long, honestly. That's a, that's, that's my take. <laughs> at open mics. So on that top talking about like other comics, it was really funny when you were on with Josh Smith talking about how like, when y'all would try to bring other comics on the cult of us and have conversations with them and then they're just like not funny at all uh, what is that what is that like inter in interacting and, and engaging with them like outside of their sets and stuff like that like so yeah so for like if, if people who watch the cult of us listen to cult of us like we rarely have on guests rarely it's usually just Neil, myself, and, and Jesse, our producer, who's, again, who's a comic. He's kind of the third, unofficial third mic of the show, right? Uh, we would have on, you know, friends of ours who are very funny on stage. Like, very funny. Like, they're not not funny. They're very funny comics. And then we're like, hey, come on the podcast. Like, let's hang out and shoot the shit. Because we're very much like, a, you know, not as funny as Legion of Skanks, obviously. But, like, that's, you know, we're just hanging out. We're, we're riffing on shit. We're just comics joking around, making fun of ourselves. And then they come on and they just be sitting here like waiting for like a question to be like, hey, we're not interviewing you. Who do you think you fucking are? You think you Bill Burr? Like, fucking make a dick joke and fucking jump. And like half, more than half, I like, couldn't just jump in and riff with us. Like they would take things like seriously or like just not be funny or be quiet or be expecting to be like an interview. And like they want to talk about like their fucking pot. Like, dude, we don't care about what you got going on. Like people will be, if people, the whole point is to come on here, riff with us. If people find you interesting, then they're going to look out for you. And like, yeah, of course, plug your shit. Like, you know, when we do plugs, but like, like, just be funny. That's all. And like, so many people just come on and just sit there like blank. We had this one guy, uh, Lyle, who's a very funny comic. In fact, he's huge on TikTok right now. I think he, he's a weird dude. Okay. He's a weird, Kyle's a weird kid. He's like 22, 23. He's young. And how I met Kyle it is, uh, Lyle, Kyle, Lyle is um, him and this guy, Dave uh Hogsett, who's also a funny comic they're young philly kids they were in college they were in temple at the time and they would put on shows in their basement apartment and i'm telling you these shows were fucking sick <laughs> they packed it out with like 20 21 year old kids who were all and like they're all there for comedy and i would do shows there all the fucking time and just fucking hang out and i like you you know just fucking tell great jokes we would hang out upstairs with the other comics and like all these guys were funny right now i think lyle is doing like uh this frog character on tiktok and he's like gigantic on tiktok right now he's playing like a frog who answers questions from people like it's what he's weird but he's quirky funny so we invite lyle and dave on and lyle comes dressed in like clown makeup and i'm like oh this is gonna be fun like, this is going to be good, right? This is going to be a good book. He's gonna, he has a bit planned. I'm, I'm all for it. And then we start the podcast, and he just doesn't even acknowledge the makeup. And we're like, hey, man, what the fuck's with the thing? Because <laughs> this is like eight minutes in this episode now. You know, like, I, we thought, like, are we going to have to bring it up? Is that the bit? And then he's like, oh, he's like, I thought about doing a whole bit with clown makeup, but I, I bailed on it last minute. Hey, dude, too late. 
go with it. <laughs> go with it at this point, guy. Right, like at this point, you're already on the show <laughs> in makeup. Like you're 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 committed beyond like bailing on it. <laughs> you know, it's like just do, and it's, so shit like that. Like we just got sick of. At least give it the old college try. Yeah, you know? <laughs> literally the college try. <laughs> it's like so we just kind of got like you know tired of like just again comics who were funny who just kind of sucked on the mic of hanging out. So like you know what, dude. Let's just do it solo because we're better off that way. And then we'll just invite people we know for sure are funny in conversation. So like every guest we have on now is like, you know, it's going to be good. <laughs> like they're, they're funny. Trust us. Like they're, they're going to, you're going to enjoy this episode. That's what we got to do. Somebody that's actually a like normal human being and can have good interaction, <laughs> not, not have to go off of a script or be in front of an audience. Pretty much. It's wild. But it happens. <laughs> so you've mentioned Temple and Philly and uh, that you are actually in uh, my former stomping grounds. I lived in Bucks County for uh, a little over a year. Uh, and so are you from that area originally? Like, you, have you always lived there? Or? No, I'm from Staten Island, New York. <laughs> I'm oh, New Yorker. Cool. Yeah. How you, uh, so how did you land there? Marriage. <laughs> uh she's from here oh cool and uh it's so much nicer here than new york oh my god especially now this is all way pre-covid stuff right so like uh but even back then like um the housing market there even Staten island is like impossible to like afford a home even if like if you make good money like it's still like if you want to live in a good neighborhood it's like 600 grand to buy a fucking regular house dude my pa- okay, so my parents are trying to get the fuck out of there. Like they 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 are selling their house. Um, they originally bought that house in I think ninety five or ninety yeah ninety five for like a hundred and fifty grand, and they're looking to sell it for over six hundred grand. And that's like, oh yeah, it will sell like instantly, instantly. It's crazy. So. Yeah, we were like, no, we're gonna we're gonna stay in Newtown. <laughs> fuck, fuck New York. Uh, no, it's just it's just too expensive. And then now with all the, you know, you can't go anywhere literally without a fucking passport. They just reinstated an in- indoor mask mandate for no reason. <laughs> like, like all all this shit. So now I'm I'm glad I'm glad we're out here. But no, Newtown's cool. Like I don't mind bucks at all. It's like way cheaper. Uh, you know, obviously Pennsylvania has like no sales tax and shit. So like that's cool. Uh. Yeah, no, it's it's way better. I, I definitely like living out here better. Yeah, I lived in uh, Yardley at first. That's right then, next door. Yeah. Me. And then uh, I moved into a little apartment in uh, Morrisville. Uh, Which is also kind of not too far either. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. right right there as well. And uh, yeah. it was like, it was nice. The The apartment, I worked just south of Trenton. Uh, so the little apartment was like when you came across the bridge in Trenton. It was the apartment was right there, so it was like perfect. I could just oh, it's, yeah. I had like a ten minute drive home from work every day, and it was it was really nice. So That's that great. was that was pretty much my sole motivation for because otherwise the apartment was not nice. But I didn't need a nice place; I just needed somewhere to go to sleep every night. So that was, that was, uh, is, is it such a dude? It's such dude logic. It's like I don't care. I don't have to look at this shit all day. <laughs> it's like I just got to sleep with my eyes closed in it. <laughs> I even uh, like. I didn't have any friends or family up there when I was living up there. So I got a second job. I was a cook at Buffalo Wild Wings. And so like when I wasn't at my full-time job, I was a cook at Buffalo Wild Wings. And right. I told them I would work anytime they wanted me to. 
as long as they would put either the Mississippi State or the Green Bay Packers on the TV right outside the kitchen so that I could watch the game while I cooked. That's fair. And, and so I just hung out and uh, ate a lot of wings and cooked. And like I, I was literally never home in the year that I lived up there. <laughs> yeah, as far as fast food places go, like Buffalo Wild, Wild Wings used to be good. Like, like uh, my wife and I used to go there like on Staten Island all the time. And uh, like all the time, even out here. And then I don't know what happened. I mean, I, I, I want to kind of say since like at least COVID, like they suck now. Like they're real bad, like real bad, but they used to be fucking good. What happened? Give me insider knowledge on that. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. That's um, we've got, we've got Buffalo Wild Wings down here and we've also got uh, wings, et cetera. And we'll go to wings, et cetera, all day, any day over Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's like, Something, something changed. I hate when they do that. Like I used to enjoy. Like, I, like we we never like we go out to eat a lot. But we never go out to like uh, like like fucking chilies and so like we rarely will ever do that. Uh, we usually go to like just local joints. But yeah, we used to enjoy that place and just fucking it's straight trash now. I feel like you're eating just chicken assholes. Like, it's like a rubbery chicken assholes. That's what it feels like you're eating there now. I hate That's, it. I think I think some of the suppliers, which it's probably. It may, excuse me, may be exclusively due to COVID, but I think some of the suppliers on some of that stuff changed. Mm-hmm. Cause like, uh, for the restaurant industry, you know, most of them get all of that stuff from two or three different, uh, like big wholesale suppliers for the chicken, the fries, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, and, and it's interesting cause there is a little bit of overlap, like certain, certain restaurants use the same type of fry so so uh, it was funny we ran out of fries one night uh when i was working at at uh there at the buffalo wild wing and they were trying to figure out which other chain it was there in town that used the same kind of fries as what buffalo wild wings did so that we could see if we could borrow some from them to get us through the night until the truck was going to come in the next morning like it it's funny how those, how all of those uh, restaurants kind of uh, have certain levels of connection, even though you never, you would like never expect it. It's, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, that's why, like, again, it's. I feel it's just so, especially now, dude. It's like it's so. It's like fake food almost. It really is. It's, it's gross. Like I'd rather make my own wings, dude. That's like I hate. I hate going somewhere with somebody and they order like pasta or something i'm like don't do that don't do that like, unless you're going to like a legit italian joint right but if it's like one of the fat you know the fast food style sit down places right then they are taking pre-packaged noodles and sauce throwing it in this little plastic container sticking it in a microwave for about uh-huh. two and a half minutes and then they dump it in the bowl they mix it up where it looks pretty and then they right. send it out to you like it's it's garbage Gross. food. Yeah, it's straight garbage food. It's all, it's all garbage food. Yeah. But anyway, so we don't have guests on anymore. <laughs> and that's understandable. Well, we do, but just, you know, tried and true. Tried and yeah. true guests. Like we had on our friend Dylan and Kevin, the very funny comic from New York. And uh, we talked about the, the Jackson 5. And Dylan's young, like 21, 22, and, and like he just didn't really know 
who they were. And it was like a whole bit on the fucking episode. You know what I'm saying? It's like shit like that. It's like funny. Like that's what. We, but you can't force that those type of things. So far and few between. Yeah, a lot of times it feels like stuff like that has to. Uh, it has to happen organically, and so I guess you do get a uh, a certain extent of hit and miss with that because, like, you might have something planned that completely misses. But then something else will come up that just like out of nowhere, somebody will say something to sidetrack that that sidetracks the conversation and it turns into something that's just like fucking hilarious and and everybody gets to go on a roll with it, you know, and it's you can't you can't schedule that kind of stuff or or plan that kind of stuff. It just has to happen. And and when it does happen, it's like if you're lucky enough that you're recording, then you like capture lightning in a bottle. Like, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, there's that thing of, like, don't repeat a Like, the joke the second time around is never as funny, usually, like, in a, in a moment thing. Like, that's why if you stutter a joke, it's like, fuck, just let it go. Like, if you're trying to if you're, if you're trying to insult someone and it comes out as a stutter, just stop. Just stop, because it's going to easily get turned around on you. That That's the one great thing about, like, doing, like, being comedy and, like, hanging around with fucking assholes is you're really good at putting it back on someone else. And like absorbing shots and trying to fucking like, like rehydukate it back out like into the world. So like, uh, also, sharks in the water, dude. If 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 once one of you once everyone senses blood in the water, and you're the bloody target, good luck. Now you're just fighting off fucking bull sharks like a sight like in the, in the water like like uh, the USS Indianapolis. Like get back, <laughs> fucking get back. It's on you, and you gotta try to. And then, like sometimes your redirects don't work. You're like, well, what about fucking, you know, Jesse? He's fucking fat. Like, nah, nice try, stupid. You're like, damn it. <laughs> you get fucking roasted. You're like, fuck. This is on me now. <laughs> See, I feel like it's it's a lot like uh, I grew up very very rural and like with all the old farm boys and farm hands and stuff. If somebody does something stupid, then everybody just will ride them into the ground. And, and it's hilarious. Like everybody, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing uh, intended to be hurtful out of it. It's all, you know, a bunch of dumbasses having fun and, and picking on each other. And, and sure enough, at some point, somebody else is going to do something equally stupid or more so exactly. and then and then everybody will turn on them or you know one of my favorite bits to do and i totally stole stole it from like jim norton uh because they used those guys used to do it to each other but it's like we're all just cracking jokes and someone just bomb like bombs a joke like it's not funny and i'll be like oh i didn't hear wait i didn't hear you say it again and then as you say it again i go i heard it <laughs> it's, it just shut it's like oh it's like so mean <laughs> i love doing that though like, no 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 say it again say it again we just didn't hear it. we were all talking say it again and be like like no no or they say it again i'll or i'll let them say the whole thing again this is this is this is me this is the jim norton bit i'll say the whole thing again and be like yeah it wasn't funny the second time around either was it <laughs> you know just let him eat shit twice. That's fun too. <laughs> Just let him hang himself. Uh, it's me and my buddy Blaze, who's a he. Uh, if I go on the road, I take Blaze with me a lot. Like he'll open for me. Uh, my buddy Blaze Gigakis, who's very funny, and uh, we play video games with uh, his brother and his brother's friend. And his brother, you know, they're twenty-one years old, twenty years old. Fucking, they're still dumb. 
and uh this kid dan who's who's in the group you know he i know he kind of looks up to blaze and i like with jokes and stuff like that he's like you know he, he's like he's like oh you guys are funny i want to try to be funny too but he just doesn't have it man he's just not he's just not funny <laughs> he's not naturally so he'll just fucking constantly be eating shit in like the fucking xbox chats and we'll just be like play like the cricket sounds over our phone just fucking play the bombing sounds over our phone. <laughs> feel, feel like yeah how's it feel <laughs> how's it feel to eat shit <laughs> it's so funny to do. it's so fun to do it's, but it's also like when it happens to me like it i, I appreciate the funny in it you know because i understand how funny that is like it's just fun to bust your friend's balls about just bombing it's just fun unless you're the one bombing you're like it sucks <laughs> but you still appreciate the fun in it I feel like more people with our like super uh oversensitized society that we that we live in and everybody gets offended and shit like y'all didn't spend enough time on a farm just getting your balls broke you know you didn't spend enough time with comics like getting having everybody just solo or you know single you out and and ride you for a day or so or yeah. like I, you know i've worked in like big factory settings and and those guys are hard on each other. Like they go hard and one guy might be the butt of the jokes today and somebody else tomorrow. And like, it's all good humor. And every one of those guys would take a bullet or deliver one for each other any day of the week. But if you happen to walk out, you know, middle of a shift, you would think they absolutely hate each other the way they just go (laughs) after each other nonstop. Like it, also, like growing growing up as a, an Italian from Staten Island, you know, like grow, growing up with that group of friends, which is all their Italian and Irish kids who are all dicks. Also, like you're constantly like you know I'm just like I all I I feel like Bane. Like I grew I grew up in the fire. You know what I'm saying? Like I grew up just constantly having a battle with and fists. Like because especially like not with your friend group, but like. Staten Italy, as we call it, Staten Italy was broke broke down into like, you know, neighborhoods. So like, if the other neighboring kids come over to challenge like us in a football game, like if they talk shit, it's like okay, well we're fighting now. Like like you know what I'm saying like this is the fight. Like we're not friends, so you don't say that to me. Now we're gonna fight. So like my whole life, I all I knew was growing up either just roasting or fucking fighting somebody over words. <laughs> it's all I knew. So it's like it was like yeah, like I was born in the darkness, molded by it. It's like so like now it's like yeah, it's easy for me to fucking just sit there and just you know just start roasting shit. Also, this is a uh, for all you people out there who aren't comics and are bad at this. Here's a fun tip or a good tip: if you're getting roasted, <laughs> if you're getting roasted. As soon as the first person tries to roast you, um, very quick, it has to be almost rapid fire response. You have to come back with something like, I don't know, why is your hairline starting in the middle of your fucking head? And they'd be like, what? Like, it has to be so fast that everyone else is like, oh, shit. Like, it has to be so fast that that, that initial joke almost is like a race, like fucking the neuralizer and fucking uh, Men in Black. Like, they just forgot that existed because you, you have, your comeback has to be so brutal and fast and honest. Cause that seems that seems to be the trick. People will be like, "Oh, fuck you!" <laughs> and it immediately turns another person. So all you out there, try it out. <laughs> Our ten year old is the queen of that. Like, if because the kids will pick. It's probably my fault. The kids will pick on each other pretty, pretty nonstop, and and I pick on them as well. As you should. I, I mean, they you should. should. 
they should learn to be comfortable with being bullied and I'll bully them as much as I need to, to make sure that that's, that that happens. It also builds character. Like it makes you not a pussy. Yeah. Like it it just does. Like I, like I I can't. So I have a theory on like, I finish your story. I don't want to go into the whole thing. Just anytime, anytime they'll get to, to going after each other, especially. and, And we've got two older ones, uh, that don't live with us. Uh, my wife has an 18-year-old son who he lives on his own and then a 16-year-old daughter that lives with her dad. And so especially if the older ones are here, like they'll try to pick on the younger ones. And if they go at her with anything, the youngest one, she's like instantly right back at them. And and then she will just ride that forever. Like uh, my stepson, he he had his hair like bleached and he he looked like a burnt biscuit. Like it was dark on the bottom, but it was like bleached on the top. (laughs) And he said, he said something like being a smart ass going at her. And she's all right, burnt biscuit. And like, that was it. That was her retort. And it, it, it just killed. And so now anytime he comes around, if he starts trying to pick on her, she breaks out the burnt biscuit and he just like his face turns bright red and he, (laughs) it shuts him down immediately. It's beautiful. I'm telling you that should build character. It makes you not a, not a pussy. Like, so I have, I have a theory that the, the young generation you see today are the children of like generation X pretty much. Right. Yep. And I feel like generation X is the generation of helicopter parenting. So like they always kind of taught their kid. The, so, so Gen Z is kind of Gen X's fault. So Gen Z has always been taught like to look to authority to solve a problem. Like they always look like, cause their parents are so on top of everything. They were always like, like, Oh, I'll handle this for you, Billy. Or I'll handle this for you. Oh, I'll talk to that teacher for you. Oh, I'm going to make, I'm going to get that kid in trouble for making fun. So it's always, cause they're so fucking constricting. So I think that gets taught to these kids. So these kids, instead of just handling something themselves and not just getting offended over everything, they look to an authority figure to be like, solve this problem for me. He, he made fun of me their fault <laughs> but we didn't have that like i'm technically i'm technically a millennial right it's i think 1980 to like fucking 92 or three or something or six or five it's like it's too i think the 84 or 85 to like 92 crowd or not even like the 90 crowd is kind of it's we're our own thing because like i'm not an elder i'm not like the 1980 millennial but i'm not a fucking 95 kid like i I was born in 86. So I grew up remembering all of the nineties. Like I lived with a conscience the whole time in the nineties. If you were born in 94, you don't remember the nineties. So you're 99. Maybe you're not a nineties kid. Like I'm right. a, I'm a legitimate nineties kid. Like legitimately, like I legit, I was five years old in 90 or 90, uh, the end of 90. Right. So like, or right. like four, whatever. So like our parents were boomers. And they're like, figure it out. (laughs) Go outside, play. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, my parents, like, I'm the only child. So I definitely probably got, my mom was probably a little more sensitive to me because I was was the only kid. But even still, she was, she wasn't like over coddling, really. You know, she'd still be like, no, you got to figure this out. You got to do it yourself. You got to, you know, like, again, my dad was, uh, me and my dad are best friends. He, He was very loving my whole life. He wasn't like a stern father. 
but you know, certain, he's like, Hey man, you got to fight back or you got to punch that kid in his face. If he's bullying you, like you can't, I I'm not going to do this for you. You know, and he's right. And like, I'm super, super pr- like, glad that I got taught that at least even the hard way. A lot of times, like I would just get beat up when I was younger. I was like, Oh, I should learn how to fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I got to learn how to be funny. I got to learn this shit or like it's in the fire. Like that's what I'm saying. It's like literally Bane, like you're born in it. So like, so that's why I feel like most of my generation is like, it is what it is, dude. Just fucking plow through it. Whatever the problem is, plow through it. And the generation right after us is like, teacher, teacher. And that's why they fucking suck the state's dick so much, I think. It's because of that. It, that's their authority figure now as adults or young adults. They're like, the, what the president said, and that means it's good. It's like, okay, you're retarded. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah, my weekends pretty much when I was a kid, which I grew up on a farm. So. But I'd get up on like Saturday mornings and eat breakfast and then I would walk out the door and that was it. I'm gone. Like I would be three miles away in the woods somewhere. Uh, like I wouldn't come back. Uh, I'd, I'd be gone for the day or or like during the summer, my dad would get me and my brother up and he would feed us breakfast. And then he'd drive us out to a field and just drop us off and be like, all right, I'll come back and get you for lunch. And like our our job was to go out and pull weeds and stuff like we would just be dumped in a field <laughs> like just like stray cats like people go like they can't keep a cat anymore like all right this is your home now <laughs> yeah we just get dumped in a field somewhere and he'd be like all right i'll come back and get you for lunch and yeah, i remember plenty of times dude just being like yeah I'd go out to play football and i come home at like eight o'clock at night yeah and no one was like where were you they'd be like how was your day i was like well, i didn't get raped or molested it's pretty good <laughs> that's even some of my friends their parents were a little more strict like for me when I was in high school and stuff when I left the house my curfew was 11 o'clock that night so whether I left the house at eight o'clock that morning or at 10 o'clock that night my curfew was 11 o'clock that night so like some of my friends like their curfew depended on when they left the house like their parents wanted them home earlier if they left like if they were gone all day and mine didn't care so like as long as I wasn't in jail or dead and do whatever you want and you know be be smart be safe come home uh, yeah and, and that's kind of the approach i take with my kids like some of some of our friends here and stuff like uh in the summers i'll i will physically lock the kids out of the house and be like go play in the neighborhood like don't fucking come back i don't want to see you for at least two hours like leave me alone and go play and uh some of our like friends and stuff they're like Oh, you can't do that to those kids. I'm like, uh, I just did it. So, like, if you're worried about them, you can come try to find them. But they're somewhere in the neighborhood, and I don't know where it is. Like, we no. used to walk to the deli all the time in our neighborhood, which is like mad far as kids. <laughs> like, no one gave a shit. We used to go to Rocco's all the time. This place called Rocco's, still there. But like, yeah, we would go, and like, it's not like my parents were like, "Oh, you went to Rocco's?" Like, "Oh, how was Rocco's?" Like, "Oh, it was good, arduous walk. <laughs> it was a journey. It was like every every walk, like as a kid, was like a fucking." lord of the rings like trek you're just like fucking gone and you're like i don't want to run into i can run into elves i can run into fucking ogre i don't fucking know <laughs> i have no weapon dummy i don't have also no phone back then see that's something that's really interesting is because everybody's so connected like we would deliberately spend the night at my buddy's tim at my buddy tim's house because they didn't have a phone in the house so <laughs> so Obviously, we're not actually staying at Tim's, but we're staying at Tim's. That way, nobody can actually get a hold of us. And so, like, one night, we were going to stay at Tim's, but we were actually going to this nightclub that was an hour or so away. 
And and I was straight up with my dad. Like I told him, we're going to this nightclub and like we'll stay there until it closes and then we'll come back. Well, dad needed me for something. And because they didn't have a phone at Tim's house and because it's a small town and everybody knows everybody, he called the police department and told them that whenever they saw me to give me this message that he needed me to come home the next day because we had all this stuff to do on the farm. And uh, so, so when we leave the nightclub, me and my buddy, who I went down there with, as we're on our way back, we had stopped to piss under an overpass or some something dumb, and we swapped vehicles. So he was in my truck, and I was in his car. As soon as we hit town, the cops are on him and pull him over. I'm like, ooh, fuck this. And I go the other way and like take the long way around and go back to Tim's house. He's, he's like, dude. You just fucking left me there. Like the cops pulled me over and you drove off. I'm like, hey, that's your problem. Yeah. I'm like, I'm... Fuck yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, it's, it's like I always had a authority problem. Like I always hated authority, right? Like I, again, thinking about like as a kid, like my parents are like, well, come home for nine, which isn't unreasonable at all. I'd be like, why? <laughs> you know, it's like, immediately, it's like no, I don't want to. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm just a, I'm like a contrarian with that shit. Like, if I get told something, I'm like, no. Now I'm doing it. And I think it started from when I was a kid. And my mom says to this day, she's like, dude, you have such an authority problem. I was like, yeah, I do. That's why I'm a libertarian. <laughs> we all have authority problems. Like a lot of it stems from my childhood. Just you know, be like, nah, I don't want to do what you say. And just carry it over. What is, the, to do. Like, what is the problem with the ultra compliant society that we live in like i'm the same way i've i've never been good with authority like if somebody tells me to do something my initial response is why like what's the logic behind that like my uh my ex was in the military and she would call me and tell me about all this stuff that they would that they would have them do in basic i'm like yeah but why like what's the point of that and she's like well because they said we're supposed to do it i'm like i don't don't think the military is for me like uh, i need I need a logical reasoning for why I need to do this. Like that just doesn't make sense to just go do it because somebody said to do it. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. It's. And too much of society now is just, okay. They said, they said, wear the mask. So you wear, you wear the mask. They said, get your shot. So you get your shot. I'm like, I've been thinking about this too recently. I think because we, you and I, and everyone in our bubble or circle, whatever the fuck you want to call it. We know too much as in like, we know they're lying. We know everything's bullshit conspiracy, you know, whatever conspiracy, everything's fake. But the average person doesn't believe that. So when we're telling them like, well, I'm not listening to this fucking scumbag president or this governor or whatever, they automatically assume like, well, why would they be lying? And like, because that's what they do. And then like, you have to have that conversation. And that's like a hard, obviously that's one of the biggest icebreakers, right? It's to try to turn people on to being like, this is all evil. And they're like, no, they're just looking out for you. And you're like, you mother. So, so that's the first obstacle. And we're already looking at the second obstacle, which are really the second part. You and I, right. We're like, no, fuck this. They're not even at there. They're not at that stop sign yet. They're still at the fucking stop sign before that. That's why. That's what it is. So you have to break the first the first barrier for them to get to the second barrier. Be like, oh yeah, why would you say this? Because so people, so people are trusting automatically. So one of the things that I try to point out to people is like, look at where is where is your governor from? Where is this uh, 
senator or, or congressman from? Because a lot of them, they're not from your state. They're not right. from that place that they represent. They're, they are a career politician or have had some political connections since they were young in college that they have been placed in a position in a place to get this position like like they're not when she was a senator of new york it's like bitch you don't live here (laughs) um like he wasn't a so i'm originally from kentucky and uh matt bevins the guy who was the governor before their current shit show of a uh commie um (laughs) he was he was kind of the populist right style of governor and he was a good fit for Kentucky at that time. But he's not, he wasn't from Kentucky. He had moved, or he was, you know, transplanted to Kentucky from Texas or Oklahoma or somewhere out, out west. Like he, he fit the criteria for a good GOP candidate that could win in Kentucky. Like it, it was like and too many, and too many of them. Like I think Thomas Massey is legit, like from Kentucky. And I think so too. But but the number of uh, congressmen and, and senators and governors who are actually like homegrown and really native to their state and to their district, it, it's pretty few and far between. And so like that's one of the I, things that I I've got to point out to people. I'm like, why would you why would you trust this person when this person was a plant to begin with? <laughs> like. Yeah, again, because people people don't believe that. That that's the issue. I'm t- I'm t- I think that's a lot of the issue. Is just people are like, no, and you're like, it's not even a conspiracy. <laughs> I'm not saying as a lizard person. I'm just being like, this is this fixed politics, and they're like, no. I'm like, all right, I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, it's just so hard. I guess I was. It's it's funny. So we had our our uh, county libertarian meeting today and me and another guy were sitting there eating lunch together and talking uh, about mine's tomorrow oh nice <laughs> so we were talking about like conspiracy theories and stuff and i was like do you remember the the mel gibson movie from like the 90s or late 90s early 2000s conspiracy theory and it I do. like so when we're watching that movie when i'm in high school he starts going into all this stuff and my dad's like oh if you thought that was cool let me show you this stuff. And like, we go into his office and he starts pulling out all these like magazines and newspapers and stuff and showing us different like conspiracy type stuff that he's been following over the years. So like I was raised by, he wasn't like, you know, batshit crazy type conspiracy theorist, but he definitely got down with that kind of stuff and and paid attention to it. And so I kind of had it ingrained into me from a, a young age that the whole thing was bullshit and you should definitely be questioning everything at all times. Uh, so, but like not enough people have that kind of a an upbringing and so people are just too, way too trusting way too trusting uh yeah i also think like again like i grew up in Staten island new york you know my wife grew up in fucking newtown pennsylvania very different we, by the way we're born the same year two weeks apart like two weeks apart and and we did very different very different upbringings like you know very different 
let like lessons learned on the street like like i learned like i have street smarts she definitely doesn't it's not an insult it's just it's just true right like there's no street smarts in newtown pennsylvania it's just not it's not her fault it's just it's just there's not like so sometimes like uh and the funny thing is anybody that has lived in that area knows exactly what you mean because yeah like, it's, <laughs> think for anybody who doesn't know what i'm talking about any small town that you're from just think of that and think there's no crime and then you grew up there just think you know put yourself in that position it's just like so you know i feel like sometimes she's like a little too trusting in people and i'm like yeah the guy's probably a scumbag <laughs> like, and I'm like i can't prove it i just feel it in my heart <laughs> like, you know i just know it's just it's just like it's like a sense you know it's like you can't necessarily have a tangible thing but you just like i feel scumbaggery in this person i just i feel it's so seeping off their fucking port like you know it's like uh, it's kind of like the whole things when girls are like, uh, "That guy wasn't trying to fuck me." I'm like, "Yeah, they were." <laughs> were you out of your like? They don't because they don't. They're not a dude, so they don't see it from a dude's perspective. But I'm like, we do. I'm like, that guy's a scumbag, <laughs> you know? Or like, or not even scumbag, but you'd be like, no, because like if I was trying to fuck you, that's what I'd be doing, right? Like, like you know, it's like I know the I know the trick, just like like she would know the female trick if if a girl was trying to like you know bang like a dude. Same thing. It's just be like you're like, oh, all right, I see what I see what's going on there. That's a fucking that's a that's a female trick. Or like with us, like oh, it's a dude trick. I see it, and they're like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, no, I, he was just being really sweet. I'm like, men don't want to talk to you. <laughs> oh, any woman. <laughs> he was really interested in what I want and what I had to say, and he really wanted to buy me three drinks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. There was a, I have a wild story that my, my wife, my wife openly, she openly tells the story. So this isn't like a weird thing, but like on our honeymoon five years ago, we were in Vegas and we go to this place. Uh, I've been to before. I've been, I've been to Vegas bunch before our honeymoon called a blue martini. And this is by when I used to drink, but it was a fucking, this awesome like martini bar, like right off the strip. They make like all these wild martinis, like fucking like white chocolate macadamia nut martini, like fucking Oreo martini, regular like they were really good, strong but really good. They had like live music going on, so I I'm like, hey, you're gonna love this place. So we go. She has like one and a half or two margaritas, and got like obliterate, like so I thought. Right, I'm like, oh, this is crazy drunk for two martinis. Here's where it gets bad. So I'm like, all right, we we got to go back to the hotel. Like, you're like, literally came and like sit up at your fucking at the table right now. So I'm walking her, physically walking her through the MGM lobby, which is a major hotel in Vegas. And then she's so out of it. She looks at me. She's like, "Who are you?" And I was like, "What? Shut up." Shut up. Stop yelling that. <laughs> and she's like, where's my, like, you're not my husband. She's like, oh, my husband comes to kick your ass. I'm like, I can't prove I'm not her husband. Right? Like, there's no way to prove that. So it just looks like I'm dragging a small blonde chick through the hotel hammered as she's yelling, you're not my husband. <laughs> you were lucky you didn't get picked up by security. So, dude, I'm like, I'm like, put her, I'm like, I'm making it worse. I'm like, shut up. Shut up, you idiot! Shut up, bitch! <laughs> like, like dragging her up a elevator. <laughs> like, so we get into the hotel room, and then she—we're on Vegas time. Don't forget, so three hours behind the East Coast. It's like three in the morning at East Coast time. She calls her brother and sister, 
to be like, I'm being kidnapped. Well, luckily, luckily, I didn't answer it. I also didn't know she had her phone. So I had to rip her phone away. Fucking. And then she had it. So what actually I think happened, because like us and I've been with her for a while now, and I've never seen her like that without drinking like way more than two martinis. I think someone fucking drugged her drink and was like, what are you trying to hook me up? Like, <laughs> like I was with her regardless. So like, like that guy was just trying to like, I got you, bro. <laughs> I mean, fucking drug this bitch. Because <laughs> like, I'm telling you, that's what it had to be that. Because it was wild. I'd never seen her like that. Even like forget who I was ever again in my life. So, but like this, that's not the funny part. The funny part is me just dragging her through a hotel. Just, you know, as a, <laughs> I don't know how I didn't go. Because again, I can't prove that she's not. If she would have had to sober up the next morning and then come down and get me. That was the only way out of that. That's crazy. Yeah, wild story. Wild fucking story. Oh, you know what? That's a, I can't make that a bit. That's a fucking... That's 100% a bit. Yeah, you can work that in. That's 100% a bit. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's why I like doing podcasts. See? <laughs> positive stuff comes out of it. I've told that story, by the way, hundreds of times. I never once was like, that's a bit. Until right now. <laughs> that's 100% a bit. It's so funny. Okay. Asshole. That's so fucking dumb. That's why I'm just fucking not successful. <laughs> Anything I do. I'm <laughs> fucking retarded. It's, that's interesting. You're, <laughs> so we had, we saw you the first time at the, uh, Mises caucus thing in at the LPPA uh there in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then we got to hang out with you in uh Texas. Lockhart. Yeah, that was fun as Bucks, and that was that was a blast. Dude, I was sweating on stage before I even grabbed the microphone. It's so hot and it was nighttime. What the fuck? <laughs> I was like I thought it gets colder. And they're like, "Nah, this <laughs> is hot." <laughs> I was like, oh. "But then I got mad cold like 2 hours after that." I was like, oh, I need a jacket. <laughs> I'm like, chilly. Yeah. I remember like, I remember pulling the mic out of the stand and I remember like looking down at one point. I'm like, is that my sweat? <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, sorry, but then God. later on when we were hanging out at the bar, it freezing. was, yeah, it was freezing. Uh, but yeah, nice. we hung out. Yeah, we hung out. That was fun as fuck. Yeah. Well, it's funny here. Your, your wife is Stephanie. My wife is also Stephanie. Uh, we, we got married about five years ago uh, as well. Like we're kind of then that was really cool you and her hanging out because she she had you like opening up and talking about all kinds of stuff i was like what is going on over there (laughs) he's like burying his soul apparently that's it's funny because that's how i remembered your wife's name i think i told that i was like oh it's easy because i'm married to one so i'll never forget (laughs) so i'm I'm also like such a fucking like uh open book guy where you just be like, what do you think about this? I'm like, I'll tell you, whatever. <laughs> I guess, because I don't give a shit. Like, what, like, what, what are you going to make fun of me? All right, who cares? Like, it's like, it, I don't have like a fucking, like a, a job where like, you don't know I, I'm a fucking idiot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I could get in trouble. Like, who gives a shit? Just ask me. I'll answer you honestly. <laughs> so have you done, I'm sure, quite a few other events this year like with the uh the libertarian stuff and traveling around and everything yeah i did the uh virginia mises thing which was fun in fairfax um i have more stuff lined up next year already uh i'm i might be doing the arizona convention with dave i'm not sure though yeah 
double down. I gotta double check that. But uh, yeah, I just did the I just did the Montgomery County holiday party. Uh, MPA uh, stand up. I brought I brought everybody blazing. That was fun. Uh, I'm actually doing the I'm doing so you get you guys saw me at the convention this year, but that was a Mises. That wasn't the official LPPA. That was the Mises thing. The LPPA asked me to do stand up this year at the convention. Oh, nice. And I was like, dude, this is how paranoid I am with all the caucus stuff. I called Heist <laughs> and I went, hey, is this a trap? <laughs> I was like, why do they want me? They know I'm, I'm Mises. They know I'm with you. I feel like this is a trap. Like, this is a trick. And he's like, no, I think they're trying to, like, good faith it. They're like, look, we're bringing on people that you guys have. Like to do, you know, and like they figured, I think, my, I think that Heist's whole idea was like, they rather us, like, them take a comedian from us than Dave is going to talk about real shit, <laughs> who actually is going to fucking, you know, ruin their night, as opposed to me, who I'm not going to talk, you know, I'm not going to be a dick. Like, I, I want to, I want to, I want to roast so many PA people because it'd be easy and fun, right? But I'm like, no, that'll, It'll make me look, it'll make us look bad, it'll make the MC look bad. So I'm just gonna do a good show, right? But the whole back of my mind, I'm like, I feel like this is still a trap. They're gonna like unplug my mic and be like, God, yeah, we hate you, and like close the curtains on me. Like, oh, <laughs> but no, like they, they, like I'm bringing out Neil and Blaze to do it too, and like they're paying everybody. They're, I think they're giving them, and I think they're giving me a room too, which is sweet. So everybody's getting rooms and shit. So I was like, all right. I don't trust this stuff. <laughs> I was like, Let's see. you can Let's at least play nice. Besides, picking on them is low hanging fruit. Like, what, what is it accomplishing? I know. So I'm just going to do regular. So be assured, everybody, I'm not going to be a dick. I'm just going to do regular stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. That's- yeah, I got, I got more stuff on the uh, coming up on the road next year. Just trying to get the fuck out there again. Get paid. <laughs> the, one of the most fun things that I've done this year is traveling to these different events and stuff uh, i took my son and we went to birmingham for a uh a mises institute event and that was where we met buck and tho bishop for the first time and and got to hang out and we met pete there and uh jeff dice and like it was a blast and, and yeah. i took my and i took my son so like he got to yeah. meet all these guys cool. and like hear them talk and and it, be a part of that and so it was really awesome for it's him. weird for me doing comedy at all these events because like I have Tom Woods looking at me and I'm like, I'm about to make a priest fucks kids joke. So here it comes. <laughs> like, you know, you know, and we got to see like Jeff Dice that was like in the crowd. Like, am I, I'm like, I'm like, are they laughing? Oh, they are. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, I'm so nervous to piss them off. <laughs> Cause these people like I enjoy, you know, like I look up to and stuff like, and not look up, look up to is weird when you're an adult, you know what I'm saying? Like I admire at least. And uh, they seem like such, as a man, you seem like such a bitch when you say that. Holy shit! I look up to this other man. What am I fucking seven? No, I I, I admire guys like Tom Woods and Jeff. They're very smart. And I appreciate their intellect and their and their you know combativeness of the state and all that shit. But I'm not a sim for Tom Woods. That's <laughs> what I want to clarify that right now. <laughs> so, but it is funny seeing their faces in the audience looking at me smiling. I'm like, oh, this is so weird. <laughs> this is so weird. But yeah, I met Buck at uh, at his house in Lockhart. Uh, yeah, he was super cool. Uh, uh, that's the second time I hung out. I hung out with Scott Horton. I met Scott initially at the LPA real quick at the convention. But then we actually hung out in Texas, which was cool at the show. And like, that was fun as fuck. Like Scott Horton just 
Scott Horton running by his stand-up material. He ran that shit by Robbie and I first in Lockhart. That, that, that he, he did a surprise stand-up set at Tom Woods' 2000th episode. And he pulls Robbie and I aside. He's like, hey, they kind of run some jokes by you. I was like, do you know who you are? <laughs> did you mean to say something else? He's like, no, I'm doing stand-up. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so we started... Uh, and then uh, I driving. I gave him a few tags, and uh, I know he used one of my tags that worked. And he mentioned, I know he mentioned that on uh, part of the problem. I was like, "Yeah, Scott, say my name." <laughs> I bet he would be great at stand up because he's just so like quick and dry. Like, yeah, I mean, a lot of his jokes were kind of just like one line, like you know, one line mean mean jokes, which are funny. They're like, they're like, they're like, yeah, like meany, like ah, oh. <laughs> it's like roasting people. Uh, they were good though. Like they were they were pretty good for like uh, you know. Somebody doesn't do fucking stand up. I just shut off for no reason. It did. Uh, this has been a problem for four years. It's like it will just shut off. The fan will just turn on for no reason. <laughs> it just it just like goes on and off. It's a real piece of shit. I gotta get an electrician out here. It's the uh, but, it's the ghost. That's what my wife says. And I'm starting to believe it. <laughs> there is a fucking ghost. <laughs> we won't go into supernatural, paranormal type stuff. Um, that that that's an episode all of its own, and I'm pretty sure we've got at least two ghosts in this house. So. Dude, I don't. I, I I'm as I got older, I became so much more of like I don't know what was out there. Like when I was younger, I was like, nah, that shit, that shit's fake. But I dude, I don't know. Like most videos, you ninety nine percent of videos you see are bullshit, right? You're like, this is bullshit, straight bullshit. It's fake. You could tell it's off. It's someone's hoaxing for a purpose, right? Like, why are you filming the scene? I've always questioned myself a lot of these. Like, why would you already be filming this? Like this random mundane, and then you have to walk glance over and be like, "Oh, like okay, it's just so safe." But like, there's a handful of videos out there, and you're like, "What the fuck was that?" It's so okay. Now you guy, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Fuck. All right, so there, there's one where this guy was on Facebook Live, which you can't doctor a Facebook Live video, right? And He's like, he's like, I saw the thing outside my house again. I saw the thing outside my house again. He's like, he's like smoking a cigarette. And he opens the door and you see, it's a shitty, shitty, you can't really see it. But this giant thing on two, not Bigfoot, but like, it looked almost like an ostrich. If I had to describe it to a real thing that you could describe it to, run, it was nighttime, but run behind these telephone poles and just go away. And you saw it. And people were like, oh, it was a cigarette smoke. It was a cigarette smoke. I was like, no, it wasn't. Like you could tell, like you know, you could just tell. And it was like, I was like, God damn, what the fuck was that? And you can't make out what it is. People even slow down the frame footage and try to frame by frame, but it's the, the camera quality shit. That's one that makes me go, uh, ever hear the Fresno Nightcrawlers? Uh-uh. Look that shit up. It's like it looks dumb and it looks like a hoax. But I'm gonna tell you why it's not in a second. It's essentially, it looks like uh an adult and baby not kidding you know how like uh when you put a sheet over a kid as a halloween costume and cut eye holes loose as a ghost it's like the lamest costume of all time that's what it looks like walking through a field but they're it's an open field and their movements are weird there was a show on uh sci-fi years ago called fact or fake and it was like a team of like one of the guys was like a fbi uh fucking forensic guy 
uh, there's like a journalist, a movie prop guy. It was like a team of like a bunch of different expertises got together and they would try to recreate paranormal videos to be like, this is probably what it was. They did seven experiments and they're like, we haven't even got close to looking like this video. Like not even close. And we're intentionally trying to recreate it and we can't even do it. And I was like, damn, dude, it, it's a wild, I'm not doing it justice. I'm not, but if you type in Fresno night, there's two videos from two separate incidents and it looks like a sheet walking awkwardly through like a field. And the other day, the other one was like, and like the other one was like down a street, but there was like a, a baby and a big one. And then the second video was just one by itself. But it's very clear as day. And like their movement looks like they're on stilts almost, but they're not. It's like, but like, oh, no, like the Ministry of Walking Funny and the fucking Monty Python kind of looks like something like that. And it's, it's so baffling. And then again, when they try to recreate it so many and no one could do it, I was like, what is it? What is it? Like, you know, I, I don't think it was fake. I don't. And then uh, there was also, I saw like this, uh, this couple saying they had like a, a cabin in the woods and they had like a bunch of sounds around their shit. And then this guy took two pictures of what he says was like this Bigfoot like creature looking into his window. And you see it from like here up, like his nose, mustache area, like up the top of his head. And again, we've all seen movies, we've all seen fake photoshop stuff you you know if something's fake or not like we still do i know people like you can't tell yeah you can like human like we still have that in us where i think we we could we could separate what's not real and is real i i feel like for the most part and and like when you when i see these pictures something guttural is like that's like legitimate it's not a mask like it's too real for a fucking mask you know what I'm saying? And it's just like one of those things where it's like it hits you. You're like, I don't know, dude. It sounds, it looks very honest. And like there's that, so those things out there make me always go, I don't know. Like, like just those, but most things you see are bullshit. It's complete bullshit and could be answered. So something I did, uh, I did year zero with Tommy a few weeks yeah. ago. And it was awesome. We, so we talked about like our spiritual journeys and stuff. And that was something that we kind of talked about a little bit was like paranormal type stuff. And like, because I'm a hunter and you know, when you spend a lot of time out in the woods by yourself, especially like close to sunup and close to sundown, like, is it the light? Is it the wind? Uh, you know, you see some weird shit that uh, if you're not really paying attention or, you know, you, you kind of catch it out of the side, you know, out of the corner of your eye, it's like, what was that? And then you just don't think about it and uh, move on with life because if you get to thinking about it too much, then, you know, then you start to get, then it starts to get weird. But, uh, you, you know, that's. Give me an example of something you've seen that you can't explain in the woods hunting. So not like I've never seen what I would have thought was like a person or like a, a bipedal type. Right. Thing. But you'll see, like, it's clearly head, arm shapes, like, specter like movement. And, and, you know, you think that it's the the light or, or, 
the way the sun's coming up or the way the the way the fog is kind of starting to settle or whatever because usually it's on like the edge of the tree line and it's just sort of moving across and do you ever take a pop shot at it <laughs> <laughs> just see if it hits <laughs> you're ow like i knew it <laughs> so like you'll see it, it, it you know it, you'll see it move and then it'll like stop and then it'll move some more and it's like okay like what the you know just you don't think about it i mean i've got a gun so worst comes to worst i can uh, you know scare it away maybe i don't know like what at the but then at the same time it's like okay if it is legitimately some sort of like supernatural creature what's my gun gonna do like i'm do you ever hear of uh like crawlers uh -uh. so they're apparently like these elongated beings you know but they're like very white like pale white and they not zombie like but apparently like these things are seen often a lot of them like there's a lot of like if you go on reddit and just go like crawler site like it's a lot of people giving the same exact description of this creature essentially that essentially is this thing in the woods that fucking hunt i don't know what it does um but there's a picture out there online that's been heavily heavily debated if it's fake not fake not but apparently there's been like forensic editing or video test done on it apparently it's not fake uh, but there's a picture out there that's they think is like a legitimate oh from I think a trail not a trail cam a security cam like there's a still footage I guess one still picture of a crawler and again they know it's not photoshopped so either it's real or it was like a fucking hoax that just never got you know they're just letting it be a hoax forever and nobody ever took credit for it no. I don't, I'm pretty sure I the problem is like trying to find that fucking picture. See now I've got all these rabbit holes I'm gonna end up just diving down. I know, I suck, I'm sorry. It's a good thing I didn't need to sleep tonight because I know it's Damn it. Crawler sighting. Bam. <laughs> Hold on. Top all time. Come on, show me the picture. This is it. I found it. It's ten years old. Oh, it is a trail cam. Okay, so I'm going to show you, but it's not going to be great because I'm you see it on my phone. This is it. Yeah. Do you see? Do you see yeah. that? Yeah. I'm... Oh yeah, that right there. So from like again, like all intents and purposes, like it, no one's ever. But like ever, no one's ever, ever, ever came out and was like, this is fake. And I know they had some tests and it's just, it's very interesting. See, that's, that has similar appearances to like what I've seen on the edge of tree lines, but only I've never been able to like make out legs. But apparently those things are, no pun intended, crawling around our woods in America. Yeah. Over here, the missing 411. What is that? It's, we have uh, a lot of people go missing in our national parks. But like unexplained missing. Not like, oh, I fell down a thing and I cracked my head. Like, you know, people will go missing. Like experienced hikers and experienced campers and hunters will go missing in places they've been hunting their whole fucking life. And, and like, they'll find their shoes in like 
pants neatly folded up together on like a rock and their body like fucking traversed like somewhere nowhere near their shit. And they're like, how the fuck did this happen? Like it's, and then it's like, oh, well, no one shot him. No one stabbed him. He's fucking dead. Or he's completely missing. Usually the body is completely gone. That's the other thing too. The bodies are usually completely gone, but their clothes and stuff are found. And like I said, like there's one story. It's a very famous 401 story where the guy, experienced dude, been going out to the same place forever, snowmobiling in the same place. They found his shit folded neatly, nowhere near his fucking camping shit. They found one extra piece of clothing mad far away from the other fucking faraway points, and they never found his body. And the way, like, the, the way they showed the map, he would have had to travel so fucking much on foot. It just made no sense. And here's the other interesting part. If you put a map and pin dot all the missing 401s on, in America, right? And then you overlay that map with a map of our cave system, it's almost perfect. <laughs> well, <laughs> for anybody curious, make sure you listen to this episode in daylight, not not at night. I'm going to be closing the blinds for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've also like I, I never seen a ghost, and I've never like seen a. I see. I saw a creature one time that no one believes. Uh, I told the story multiple times. I saw what I perceived to be some sort of UFO one time that no one believes. And then uh, I also, one time, I swear to God, my wife and I like gl- glitched in time. Not like, like, not like, fall, not like years, like literally, like, uh, right, right, real quick. So, again, I, I'm from Staten Island, lived there my whole life, except for when I got married five, six years ago. Okay. We were going to Mexico. So I was driving. We were leaving from JFK, not Philly, which is retarded, never do that. So we had to go back through New York to get to JFK, which is in Queens. I know how to get home from Newtown to Staten Island. It's, I've taken it many a time. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, in it. I know where to go. Um, it's like four in the morning. We left early and I'm wide awake, you know, wide awake. She's passed out in the, in the driver's seat, in the passenger seat. And at one point I say to myself, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, where the, f- how, why have I not seen the fucking exit to get off to where I'm supposed to go yet? And I feel like I've been driving too long, you know? And like, then I start to look around me and I'm like, I don't, I'm in Jersey still, but like, where the, f- I don't know where the fuck I am. Like, this isn't the route I take to go home. Even there's two, there's more, I mean, more than two reps, but like even either of those routes, this is not, I don't realize these, I don't recognize these like store layouts. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm in fucking Red Bank. Now, why that's important is for you to get to Newtown to Staten Island, you either take Route 1 straight until you see Outerbridge Crossing and then you get off. Or you take uh, 267, I think it is, like through Trenton kind of, and then like the back way. Which I usually take that way, the, the turnpike, because it's faster. Yeah. Either of those ways, you would have to still take multiple exits to get to Red Bank. In other words, I just can't drive from Newtown straight into Red Bank. It's impossible. It's impossible. I would have to take multiple, multiple exits to get to Red Bank. So I was like, how? I, but I never turned off the highway ever. I just kept going. Like once I got onto the highway by our, by our house, I just kept going. The way I would normally go. And then I remember like looking at her and be like, hey, this is weird. And she was like kind of sleeping. And I was like, never mind, you're not 
<laughs> this is just so you're not even gonna believe what i'm saying right now <laughs> so, but i was like i'm telling you there's like a and like we didn't like and then people, every time people i tell story, people like well what time was it i go that's the thing i we didn't really lose time it's like almost like i just jumped like i teleported almost it's like my best way of describing it but it's not what happened i didn't like tell i didn't go through like a teleportation device you know it's just, or like a ripple on time i'm just telling you like it was like force 20 hot enough oddly enough and then like i remember like looking up again at red bank and it was still 420 and i was like or 425 like only like, like the same amount of time of that driving it all made sense all the time was relative to me driving but like i was like all right well guess i gotta use my gps now and like <laughs> figure out how the fuck to get to jfk because i don't know where the fuck i am and then i got to jfk and we made our flight and everything but and i've been to red bank plenty of times too from Staten island though so you know it was just a very, very, and people were like, oh, you were highway tired. I'm like, no, I wasn't. I wasn't highway tired. I just got on the highway and like I was wide awake. I was going, I was driving to Mexico. I wasn't tired. People were like, no, I just got lost on the highway. I go, dude, okay, fine. Even if I did, how did I end up in Red Bank? And they're like, well, you just took it most. Well, so I just I lost where I was, and I just kept making right fucking tan turns. So you just happened off, to, off exits. You just happened to forget about like all these exits you took and all these it's, different turns you made. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. But that that was that was a very weird, very weird moment of my life. Neil does not believe me. He thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember. There was an, a there was a show where they were talking about like weird paranormal stuff, and it might have been. Uh, when the Lions of Liberty guys do their conspiracy corner, I think they may have been talking about it one night. Like had a had a guy on to talk about it, but it was a, like a similar story that they were driving somewhere, like heading out west, and uh, like it was like they just went through like a a time lapse where they were suddenly nowhere near where they should have been, but like no time passed, like not enough time passed. And right. Just, like how did we end up? Like how did we end up here? How, like where? Where where is here? Like we were just driving perfectly straight down this long open road, and now we're somewhere that we shouldn't be. Like it, yeah, so no, I don't doubt you for for a second. There's there's definitely a something weird <laughs> that goes on out there. The the UFO one was funny because like I was driving home from a gig in New Hope, which is for everybody doesn't know, right above Newtown, like 15 minutes from Newtown. But like it's it's mostly woods and farm between the two towns. So I'm making my usual drive back. I see like this orange ball of light, like kind of right above the tree line, not high above the tree line, like right above the tree line. And it was, it's like going really quick and stops and just goes shoot straight up into the sky. And I remember like, that was wild. I remember getting home and like my wife was like sleeping kind of, but I'd be like, Hey, I I saw a UFO. And she went, no, you fucking did it. And just went back to sleep. I was like, okay. <laughs> I, was like, I guess I did it. <laughs> hey, thanks for being supportive, dear. I was like, I'm sorry. I guess I thought I did, but I guess I didn't. <laughs> or if you did, it was not nearly important enough to interrupt her sleep. Because if she saw that, I, that definitely wake me up and tell me. That's crazy. I want to know. I want to know the story. And then the other, like I said, the other thing I saw was like this little creature thing. Also, it was outside of so uh, Neil and I run a run a monthly show in Chalfont, Bucks County, at this place called the Pop In, and it was there where Chalfont's a residential area, and uh, like four houses down from where we were, we were in a group. Which is this is what's more annoying about the story, 
is he motherfuckers were outside with me. And it was one of those things where like I was the only one seeing something. Like no one else was acknowledging. Like they were all just in a fucking circle talking. And I just remember like looking down the block, and being like, that's a fucking weird looking cat. Huh. I don't think that's a cat. It's gone. Did you guys fucking see that? They're like, nah. I was like, but and then I described it. And what I saw was Something about this size, I don't know, like big cat size, okay, like a big cat, like a real big cat, like a fat big cat. It was like a dark gray or black fur, I want to call it. And it was sitting on the ground, like uh, I say, I, I was sitting like a gargoyle's perched almost, like on a ledge, and it's like front legs were like longer. Then its back legs, if that makes sense, like you could tell. Even if it was sitting, like you know, you could just tell it was longer. And its tail wasn't like a cat tail or a dog tail. It would look like a, the best way I can describe it is it looked like a bush-tailed deer's tail, like a white-tailed deer's tail, but with the white under it. Too. It was the only part had white on its fur was that little part of the tail. And this is the weirdest part: its head looked like. And the only way I could describe it is you got you know what? Remember the mousers from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, that's kind of was its head shape. And it just took like two like bounces, like leaps behind his house and was gone. And I was like, do you guys fucking see the mouser thing? <laughs> and they're like, nah, dude, you're seeing shit. It was a cat. I was like, bro, I know what a fucking cat looks like, guy. That wasn't a cat. That was a fucking mouser thing. And they're like, nah. I was like, I saw what I saw. <laughs> I'm telling me no to all my stuff. <laughs> like, that was it. Those are all my really only ever paranormal things ever in my whole life that personally has like, I've been involved with that's not true one more but that's kind of too long of a story and it really wasn't affecting me personally it's it's i'll tell you next time it's it's not it, it's weird but it's not it didn't like i was part of the story but it didn't happen to me that makes sense yeah yeah so it's it's it was whatever essentially it was this video of this of this uh woman and her son were saying like they were being like uh fucked with like they thought, people, like uh, like like they, someone was breaking their house and moving or stealing shit. And what this woman did was she filmed herself and her son sleeping in her like it was wild because the room was like regular room, four by four wall, you know, walls and shit. And she filmed herself walking in the room. Uh, hold on. Oh, sorry. I thought my wife said there's a bug down here. There's a bag down here. Got it. Okay. I was like, is that to go kill a bug right now? <laughs> she says, there's a bag. Um, she filmed herself walking in her bedroom. She's like, hey, I want to prove I'm not fucking faking anything. She's like, my son's in here. They lived alone. The father was, I think, like dead. Like he wasn't even in the picture. And like they didn't have any family in the area. And uh, she puts the camera down like a, a nightstand in the the 90 degree angle part of the wall. And then her and her son go to sleep and the whole room is in frame, the whole room. And you can see like the doors, the window and the closet all in frame. Okay. Like four hours into the video, all of a sudden the camera just fucking picks up from the fucking like stool kind of pans the room a little bit and just drops kind of back in a place but off kilter a little bit and then like you fast forward they wake up shut the camera off the fuck was that <laughs> yeah 
dude all right wild wild well, i definitely won't be sleeping tonight i don't know i'm i'm a little more of the opinion that if there are things they're probably not here to hurt anything like i, I don't know that that crawler looks like it sure is and <laughs> yeah, that that thing could catch a fucking bullet but but look up fresno night crawlers not the same thing at all Fresno Night watched it, and then I'm telling you, I'm gonna get a DM from you being like, "Dude, you're right. That shit's fucking weird. It's not scary at all. It's not, I promise you. It's it's just it's just like it looks it still looks goofy. That's why it's so interesting. Because you're like, oh, this isn't scary, but it's not fake. Whatever it is, it's they they couldn't reproduce it. They could not reproduce it. So give that a look. All right, golly, we covered a lot of covered a lot of ground. That's what I'm good for. Hell yeah. This was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, man. See, now we'll definitely have to do it again because we got to follow up on like all of this stuff. <laughs> I think for the porcupine, I'm gonna do a, a like conspiracy episode with uh, Mark Claire, uh, fucking Dicky, uh, and uh, uh, Cole. But I'll have you on too. All right. And we'll do like a fucking just a whole hour of just conspiracy talk or ghost talk or paranormal, whatever the fuck. Because I know we, I think we want to talk about Hollow Earth. That was like the next thing. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I, I I'm going to add you to that group chat. We just got to find a time and day to do it. Hell yeah. Sounds awesome. <laughs> well, Adam, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, give all your plugs and everything because I know you got you got. Oh, yeah. Just go check out the Porcupine. Uh, it's available everywhere. Uh, go check out the Cult of Us. It's also available everywhere. YouTube.com slash Adam Nutter for the Porcupine. YouTube.com slash Cult of Us for the Cult of Us. And I'm also on Odyssey. Just same thing on Odyssey uh yeah let's build that up too just in case <laughs> uh of course follow me on all the stuff at adam nutter on everything and uh come see me do stand up i post all my dates so come on out we'll be hitting the road hard in 2022 hell yeah he's a good show it's very enjoyable thank you all right